Welcome to another episode of Your Business Story. I'm your host, Kristen Spencer, and today I have a question for you. Have you ever felt burned out? Do you wonder if there's a way to manage your professional life differently? That's the topic of today's episode, and we are going to break things down small. She's on a business writing mission to make sure you know what words to say so that what you deserve is what you'll get paid. Because storytelling changes everything. Get pumped for the epic knowledge in today's episode of Your Business Story. This is episode 22 of season one Burnout Recovery with Kate Donovan. Today, I have a friend you are going to love meeting who is also obsessed with something, but uh, it's more of a direct, I will help you get out of this interesting <laughs> conundrum you have found yourself in. I have Kate Donovan, the burnout recovery expert. Kate, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry for just dinging my microphone. Nobody needs to hear that. It's okay. No one knows. I just moved my microphone like insanely close. So I'm sure I'm going to do it today too. It's going to happen. <laughs> How is your day going so far? My day is good. We were in Boston for the weekend, just getting back to New Jersey. And it was, uh, there was just a, a lot of moving parts all of a sudden, you know, some days you look at your calendar and you're like, it's clear. I'm good. This is good. And then six hours into the day, you're like, how, wait, I haven't done. I've been so busy. So I'm in sort of catch up, get my stuff together, made it to the hairdresser this morning kind of mode. Yeah, your you hair know? looks great. Thank also, you. I love your glasses. I have to point out your glasses because, you know, I'm the glasses you lady. Glasses. Yeah, I know. So Keisha Marie is watching and she says, hi, speaker friends. I want to give her a shout out because hey. Keisha Marie, you are amazing. Love you so much. So today we are going to talk about something that I feel like everyone needs help with. I was actually talking to one of my parent friends from my son's school yesterday, and it turns out that she is a burned out uh, executive who's afraid to start working again. And I so oh. you you're going to get an email from her because I was oh, like, that breaks my heart. You have to talk to Kate. And I may have said way too many nice things about you. So, um, <laughs> sorry. So it might be a massive disappointment. You're not going to know you won't. <laughs> but I did tell her, I was like, Kate will help you with this. She knows because she's been there. That's so a terrible feeling. It like, I could just see it on her, like yeah. her whole countenance shifted when we started talking about that. And I was like, this is not for you like you you are amazing and i could tell she she would just like randomly gives one of our other friends resume advice that was like insane i was like what is going on right now yeah. but she needs that coaching she needs that help so that brings us to our first question of the day are you ready <laughs> okay uh, i'm sure the listeners can't tell by the way that i just love hanging out with kate she's amazing all right. So what is the most important problem that you solve for your client and who is your client? I work with organizations to reduce burnout so they can keep top talent. And I work with individuals to reduce burnout so they can not be afraid of going into the office or working their jobs or keeping their businesses, et cetera. 
Yes, that was a very succinct answer. I'm definitely going to draw more out of you because I actually, so uh, full disclosure, Kate did hire me to write some things for her. So this is not my first time. I know normally it's live and I'm like, and I just pull it out right there. So I'm not going to do that because I feel like it wouldn't be completely honest, but I will give you a one line at the end of this conversation. Cross my heart. Fair. Okay. So let's just think about my friend. Uh, I will call her Marianne. So Marianne is like, she worked in banking as like a super high C-suite executive. And she got so burnt out that she literally quit everything. Like the only thing she does right now is she goes to her son's PTA meetings at the school, which I'm like, I applaud you because I can't even deal with that drama. I love it that you're there. So I don't have to be there. That'd be the first thing that came off my list. (laughs) Right. So it's like the only thing she's actively doing right now. I'm not sure that she should be doing it when she's still feeling so stressed. But what would you say to someone like her? And that that is part of your ideal like target audience, right? Like, what would you say to someone who is visibly shaken every time they talk about their experience of the work that they did? The first thing that is coming into my mind as you speak about Marianne is this idea of trust. And you have to be able to not only trust yourself to create and maintain boundaries, uh, you also have to trust the company that you work for to care for you. Mm. And if you do not trust that the company that you work for is going to care for you, it's almost impossible to go back. This is... There's only yeah, be- so much you can do there, right? Right. Like if, because if, if like going how could back you into a relationship. Yeah. How do you move yeah. forward if you don't, if there is no trust? So if you don't trust them to take care of you, but the problem becomes... If you don't trust them because you haven't given them the opportunity to show you that you can. Okay. Then it's worth it to risk that before quitting. And by risking that, I mean you take an opportunity to share as much of your story as you feel comfortable with, but enough to be able to garner some grace. Right? People don't... I think we have this idea that we're all just supposed to walk around giving each other grace all the time because it's like the right human thing to do. And while I agree with that on an idealistic level, I know that that's just not reality. It's not practical. It's not practical. Right. So if people aren't giving you grace, but they don't know your story, then you have to give them the opportunity to give you grace because of knowing your story. You have to be really choosy about who you share with. You might have to start with someone that's a little easier and then move on to someone that's a little hard. You know, there's ways to go about this, but we need to give them an opportunity to prove that they are trustworthy if we haven't done that so far. Okay. And if we do that and we find out that they are not trustworthy... You can't go back there. Right. And we can't say, go back there. Because I know a lot of people would be like, but Kate, I need money so that I yeah. can live, so I can buy food and have health insurance and all of those really practical, important 100%. things. But what would you say to them when they're like, I just have to stay here? And then you, because you know, right? You know, it's going to happen. Can you give our listeners like a little hint as to what? 
happens when you don't give them the opportunity to show that you can trust them or you've shown them who you are and they are not trustworthy. A, you quiet quit. B, you get fired. C, you quit yourself anyway. D, you get real sick and end up in the hospital. Yeah, D is real. I've heard so many stories about this. Ariana Huffington is the big story, right? She she started Thrive because of this. She yeah. collapsed and banged her head on the side of a desk. And it's not like she's not doing important work, right? Like when right. we look at her career, we're like, she exactly. is a she is an essential human, right? Yes. Like maybe I don't think of myself as someone like if we're gonna save fifty people, I'm not on that list, but she's Disagree. on the list. <laughs> Well, thank you for disagreeing with me. But like she right, like we can't say our work is so essential that we can't take a break. If she was like, hey, all of the people who are seeing what I'm doing, like I'm telling you, I must take a break because look what happened. Yeah. And if we're going to go back to the conversation around what do you do about money? She likely didn't have to worry about it too much. So she could take time off and she could. Okay, fine. I have had people say. I don't have the money to do this. I don't have the money for coaching. I don't have the money to quit. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And end up having deeper conversations with their partners, with their offices, with maybe they end up on FMLA. Maybe their partner says, honestly, if we look at this, we do have enough money. I had somebody and their partner sit down with a financial planner and come back and say, I literally don't have to work for the next 12 months. I will have to get a job after that. Right. So. First of all, are we being honest about the fact that that you need the amount of money that you've had up until this point? I understand. I did not grow up in a place where people could take two days off work, never Mm -hmm. mind six months. So I understand that there is a percentage of the population, a large one that literally cannot take the time off. I there's nobody that understands that more than me. I started working when I was 14. I get it. Yeah. And also. We're talking about the executive of the bank. Right. Right now well, in this scenario. Yes, in this scenario, we are. And I, okay, I have to ask you a question that someone asked me specifically, but like, talk yeah. to Kate about this. And I think you know where I'm going because you probably saw it. But we were talking, I was commenting on one of your posts, which if you do not follow Kate, you must go follow her. I'm putting the link right now. You must you must also subscribe to her newsletter that comes out from LinkedIn because it is amazing. And every time I read it, I'm like, this is the exact thing I needed to read right now. How does Kate know? Like, she's reading my mind again. <laughs> but so we were talking about, like, me looking at my schedule. And I'm like, crap, because it was completely full, even though I had tried to block off like Wednesday, which I'm working on. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. And I was like, Kate, thank you for this post because I need to feel more like myself. And someone was like, please ask Kate to talk about feeling more like yourself. So how, what would you say the difference is between like just deciding I don't want to be burned out and deciding not only do I not want to be burned out anymore, but I want to be more like myself. I think those are two different stages in the process. Okay. Those are, I, I, this is a tough one for me because I might ruffle some feathers here. Please ruffle all the feathers you want. I'm here. I've got your back. Okay. A lot of people will say that burnout is a lack of alignment. Mm. And that that's why you burn out. And I don't 
necessarily disagree with that. What I do disagree with is that going from burnt out to alignment is not the process. <laughs> There's like a lot of steps in between those two things that we right. really have to stop. This is not a, a fast burn. Like if this was a show on Netflix, the first title underneath it where it says like, you know, thriller, horror, whatever, it would be slow burn. Okay. Like nice. That that's, This is where burnout recovery happens in a, in a slow boring process <laughs> because right what do you need to do you actually have to rest isn't that a huge part of it you have to rest the biggest part to me is increasing feelings of safety so we're back to this mm. trust conversation with Marianne, yeah. right if you do not increase your feelings of safety both emotionally mentally and physically you will not be able to recover this doesn't mean that you will recover if you just lay on the couch right that's, that's not... not the same thing. Yeah. Although if you have a health scare that's related to your burnout, you might need to lay on the couch as part of it. Laying on the couch might be part of it anyway. Yeah. But it's not going to ever be the whole story. On the Huberman Lab podcast, Andrew Huberman talks about um, non-sleep deep rest. Okay. NSDR is what he calls it. Non-sleep deep rest. And deep rest is not Netflixing. Deep rest is yoga nidra. Deep rest is body scan meditations, which is the mm -hmm. same as yoga nidra, just the the Western words, right? Okay, yeah. Deep deep rest is having such a leveled up feeling of safety that you're not scanning your environment for danger. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So this means that I just started a... Um, a sponsorship situation for the podcast with a company called Barabee and they make weighted blankets and anxiety pillows. And Ooh. yes, I'm very excited. Oh, I can't man. wait to shout them out on the podcast. I haven't even recorded any of the episodes yet. And I'm already like, I'll work for you now because I, I, I'm so excited <laughs> about like, this yes work. Yes to everything. <laughs> yes to everything. This might mean painting a wall in your house. Because every time you walk in, you hate it and it creates tension in your body. That is a lack of safety. That's not dangerous. Right. Technically, it's not dangerous, but you don't have the environment you need. Yes. Okay. So, can we? Can there's we talk a lot. About the so nightstand? There's a lot. Yes. Yes. We can I talk want to about talk the about the nightstand. So. Yeah. Uh, I, when Kay was telling me about her business, she told me this one story. She's like, I don't know if this is relevant, which people always say to me. Right. And I'm like, of course it's relevant because you're sharing it with me. Um, but she's like, one time I helped someone by telling them to change their nightstand. I was like, tell me everything right now. So what was the person that you were working with facing and why did the nightstand even matter? We were in extreme burnout mode at this point. And we were talking about increasing feelings of safety in the house when the aligning with yourself is too big of a thing because you don't even know who you are. So you can't right. align with yourself. You know, you can't like there's so many things about burnout where people are like from burned out to blissed out. And I'm like, no, sister, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Like there's so many ugly steps in the middle of it. It's like burnout to the ugly middle to doing sort of OK. Like that, That's the that's the thing that we're looking for. Which is that is a big shift. So, of course, it takes time. That makes it sense. takes time. And so when the emotional things and the coping mechanisms and the places where you don't actually have any control 
are too hard to deal with, Mm -hmm. we start with smaller things. And that quite often means your environment. So she was showing me around her house, not on purpose. She was, we were uh, moving from room to room because she had to uh, connect her computer to Oh, it was power. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were like, or trying to find better internet or whatever the heck we were doing. And we started talking about safety and she's sitting in her bed and she said, you know, now that you're talking about that every night when I go to sleep, I have this nightstand and it's square and the edges are like very sharp and it's a little bit higher than my bed, which I know is not the right height. And every time I go to lay in my bed, I'm afraid that I'm going to hit my eye on it. I'm not thinking about it consciously, but I'm thinking about it a little bit. Right. Yeah, that's scary. (laughs) And I stopped and I said, babe, you can't go to bed like that every night. Your first bit of homework is to go buy a round nightstand that is lower than your bed that will not induce feelings of anxiety and fear as you go to sleep. And she was like, really? And she wrote me a few months after that. She was kind of like, did I just literally pay you this much money to tell me to buy a nightstand? But the nightstand unfolded into a million other things in her home. And yeah. now it's been months and months. And I've, I just got another message from her after the, I spoke to you last time. She emailed me again to tell me that things are still unfolding. She's so happy. She's working the same. She didn't quit her job. She didn't leave her job. She kept her job. She shifted her, her mindset on a couple of things. She shifted some boundaries. She increased the way the safety of her home. Right. And she's in a different world. Like it doesn't have to, all the steps are sometimes ugly and slow, but they don't all have to be difficult. And they don't all have to be about meditating yourself into alignment. Sometimes it's about getting a really good mug or a really good blanket. A weighted blanket. A weighted blanket from therapy. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Such a good person. They're not sponsoring my podcast, but they sound amazing. So, you know, if they wanted to, I do use a weighted blanket. But because, like, I have had to cultivate that sense of safety for myself because I came out of this really, like, tornado of life events and we moved into this house and then the house felt like a trap because we wanted to leave and we couldn't sell it because we were upside down on the mortgage, like, all these different things. And I realized, like, I need to go through my house to make each room a safe space for me or I'm going to have a total breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. And people don't understand how important this is. And that doesn't always mean that you have to get a designer to do everything. One of the things that I have on my desk right now, I podcast almost every day. Oh, this is a good time to say that you should please listen to Kate's podcast, which is Fried, the Burnout Podcast. Am I saying it right? I can't do the whole thing. That's all right. Kate has this amazing banner behind her for all of our listeners. Walk it with my head. But it's you can see the fried, like you can see the outline. Okay, sorry. So she's recording podcasts every day and she has this thing on her desk to help her with safety. Kate, continue. Sorry about that interruption. This again doesn't sound like it's not anything that's dangerous. But when you are taking a sip of water during a podcast episode and then you want to put your cup down, if you put it on the desk, it does this. Mm. 
yeah in the background nobody yeah, wants right to now. listen to that <laughs> for an hour right right and i had a coaster but every time i was going to put my drink down i was like trying to look at my guest and like look at the coaster and like see if i was getting it <laughs> like, at the right it. spot <laughs> make sure i wasn't missing it and then all of a sudden right. my drink is gonna spill it was a lot of tension around being able to drink water while i was podcasting so i went on to amazon and i bought a purple light lavender colored desk mat for $12.99 or $18.99 or whatever the heck it was. Yeah. That now lives on my desk at all times so that I can put my drink down in 18 different places. You're not going to hear it and it's going to be fine, which means that when I'm podcasting and I need a sip of water, I'm not tensing my entire body. Right. Oh, I had never even thought about the noise. Now I'm going to have to buy a mat too. (laughs) (laughs) I had not even thought about it. It's but a cheap will, fix. Like, it's a cheap fix. And, like, I have things on my desk, too, right? Like, I have a thing that holds my phone up so yeah. that I can see it while I'm looking at my screen because I would be anxious about if someone called if it was my kid's school yes. because I'm on the hook for them. Like, I'm the one who needs to show up. And, like, that one change just, like, transformed everything for me. Right. These are the very simple changes that people don't think about, but are on their minds. Every time you did a podcast, when you were putting your phone away, you it was bothering you on some level. Right. So if you're really burnt out and you don't know where to start, start with those little things that are taking up way more energy than they need to so that we can buy back some of your energy so that we have enough to deal with the bigger issues. So you would say like, start small. Is that what the the advice you're giving is don't. And I think that's a good business piece of advice as well. Like, Don't just say, today I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do my website and do all my messaging and then, like, create my LinkedIn profile and, like, no, just, like, come up with your one big sentence first. Yes. I have a a client um, earlier this year and we were talking and they said, you know, I just not sure if I want to keep my business and also my relationship with my wife is falling apart and I don't see my kids and I need to spend time with everybody. And my goal when we finish is to be spending time with everybody and to be present and to love spending time with my wife and to have date nights and to know what I'm doing with my business. Oh and my to, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> let's break this down a little. You said something to me about wanting to spend time with your wife. I don't know what that really means. Is that Netflix and chill? Is that a date night on the town? Is that a movie? Is it just time chatting in the kitchen over tea when your kids are in bed? Is it a cocktail hour? I don't I don't know what that means. Right. When we get burnt out, we we tend to make a lot of our problems bigger than they are. And so we can't handle them because they're too big. So it's really important that even I say start small, I also say break bigger things down until they're small enough to digest. Oh, I love that. That's some gold for sure for anyone listening. Can you just say it one more time? The bigger things that you're having a hard time handling, break them down into smaller bits that are easier to digest. Mm. Figure out what you're really talking about. This is why coaching, I think, is so important. 
because coaching is about asking questions, right? And finding yes. answers in people. Right. What does that mean to you? And then he said something else. I said, well, but what does that mean? But what does that mean? But what does that mean? <laughs> it turned out at the end that if they had like two 15 minute slots a week where they could really focus on each other, that was going to be satisfactory. Ooh. So in his mind, he's trying to solve an entire relationship problem. Yeah. But what we really needed was two 15 minute slots a week where they didn't talk to anybody but each other. Phones down, silence. No kids around. No kids around, kids in bed, music on, glass of wine. Oh, done. Yes. We don't have to plan a weekend in Atlanta. No. And also, we don't have to pay for a weekend in Atlanta, right? No. Make it smaller. What is it that you're really, what, when you say this big thing underneath that, what is it that you're really trying to get? And if we can get to the core of that, we can make it really easy to obtain. It's not that hard, really. All right, let's take a few seconds for our sponsor break because their business stories matter too. When people ask what you do as a professional, do your palms and pits start to sweat? Do you break out in hives? Well, don't worry, we've got you covered. Today, you can take Literary Symmetry's complimentary 30-minute masterclass to help you craft your one big sentence so that next time you have 60 seconds to share your story, you know exactly what to say. Because your business story matters. Sign up today at literarysymmetry.com forward slash pathway. And now back to our episode about an epic business owner just like you. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my business. Slow down. Yes. Slow down. What's going on in your company? What's going on in your business? What are the things that are working that you'd like to keep? This is a really good sorting exercise. This is to me, this is like being in the beginning of Harry Potter. Like we have to put things in the sorting house. Yes. What are things that you know you want to keep? What are things that you know need to go? What are things that you need to keep but dislike so need to be delegated? Right. <laughs> Right. And what are things you would like to keep because they're joyful, but they're not really necessary? Right. Or maybe they're joy. Yeah. And like are what what's the reason behind you're doing it even then right at that point? Like, is it still giving you joy or now do you feel obligated and you're just stuck in a trap? Right. We go through the sorting process. Then you can start to figure out, OK, what am I really looking at here? I don't have to change any of the things in this pile of things that I said I like to do and enjoy and are good and I need to have them. We can eliminate thinking about all of those because what we tend to do in executive positions and in business owner positions is we look at those things, the things that we like, and we do extra of them to avoid doing the other things and then other things don't get done. And then we get overwhelmed. We're like, right. I'll just rewrite <laughs> this one section of my website. No, no. That doesn't you that's fun for you. Right. It doesn't need to be done right now. It's not actually going to change anything. But is there something that needs to be delegated? Let's figure that out. Right. Instead of avoiding, let me right. bring someone else who actually likes doing this part. Like for me, it was hiring a bookkeeper. And that was like, glory, hallelujah for my business, because yeah. I'm dyslexic with numbers and it stresses me out. I don't want to have to do it. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. 
I do want to say you're touching on something really interesting here. I know we're both podcast nerds, but my husband is like the biggest podcast nerd I know because he's a truck driver. So he listens to them all day. And he was like, Kristen, you have to listen to this podcast episode. I cannot remember it now. Let me just preface by saying that. But it was about using subtraction to make life better and how we automatically want to add things. Right. Right. So we call this life pruning in my life pruning. Ooh, (laughs) I like that. This is technically the first stage of any process that anybody that I work with, we look around and say, what can we cut? What things can we cut out completely that will have no bearing on your life? Because I promise you, if you are a business owner or you are at the executive level or even at a management level, there's 10% of things that you do every day that you could probably stop doing right now and no one would ever notice. Oh, that's so true. And also, isn't that liberating? Like, listeners don't, like, doesn't that feel good right now? Like, it's a blanket you could just wrap around yourself and, like, snuggle in for the rest of the day. Just take those things off. Figuring out what those things are sometimes requires conversations with people, right? Like You've got to know what you can get rid of, but I promise you there are things. This is where the work with resentment comes in. You know, my favorite emotion is resentment. Yes. Okay. And yeah. You, this is I where didn't this even work have comes to, in. I love how you're like, I'm setting this up for myself because I want to talk about this, even <laughs> though, of course, I was going to ask you about it. But see, this is why you should listen to Kate's podcast. Okay, proceed. And I feel like today I'm I'm going in a bunch of different directions for people and I don't want it to be confusing. But I what I want to say overall is there are systems that make burnout recovery simple. And if you don't know what they are, work with somebody. I'm not the only one that does this. There's plenty of us. There's lots of options. But now we focus on my favorite emotion, resentment. Yes. When you are burnt out, it is really difficult to naturally engender feelings of gratitude. So, you know, when right now, for instance, outside my window is absolutely gorgeous. The trees that are across from my window turn this like beautiful, fiery orange this time of year. Yeah. And I absolutely adore them. Every year I'm thrilled to look at them and I'm not burnt out. So I look out the window and I see them. And every time I see them, I have a little bit of awe and a little bit of joy and a little bit of, you know, just, this is just wonderful. The way that your brain is talking to itself when you're burnt out doesn't really allow for this to happen very naturally. Mm -hmm. And it definitely doesn't allow for it to happen in a forced way. So if you are burnt out and somebody has told you to do a gratitude journal, I knew that was coming. (laughs) Please throw it out the window. resist the urge to throw it at them if you don't throw it at them right (laughs) unless you're a terrible throw and you're gonna miss and it's just gonna you know make a point that's fine (laughs) gratitude journal and working with gratitude can be incredibly powerful i am here for it but not when you're in the depths of your burnout that's not the time well because You said your brain's not even open to it, right? So, like, what's the point? There's just one more thing on your list to do when you're already you already have too many things. And you write the list and you're 
writing down things that you know you're supposed to be grateful for, but then you don't feel it. So then you feel guilty and then Mm. you start judging yourself and then you get into an even worse state than before. Like that's not helpful. So drop the gratitude for a moment. Get honest about what you're mad about. Resentment, anger, irritation, frustration, annoyance. They're a group of emotions. They belong together. Start looking at them. And they're useful, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, they give you more information. I know there's this, like, societal pressure that we should just leave these emotions out of our emotional dictionary completely. But that is not going to help you. You, The more feelings you have, the more information you have. And you have to be able to be honest with yourself because every, you know, validating emotions is important. And also understanding that emotions aren't always truth is important too. Right. Yes. You can't always trust them. <laughs> That's true. Like it's they're, so they're not true. always correct. No. So because they are, they do get built in your system based on your perceptions and your perceptions might be wrong. So that's important. But resentment, when you start writing down a resentment journal instead of a gratitude journal, and you start making note of the things that are really bugging you. This is where you can start to do the life pruning. After you make the list of things that you're feeling resentful over, you go down the list and you ask of each thing one basic question. And the question is, does this thing need to be done? I love that. It's so simple. That's it. This is how we start life pruning. If you say at first, well, of course it needs to be done. Uh, Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Look one more time. What would happen if this thing wasn't done? Are we talking about your kids not getting fed? Or are we talking about your kids going to school in a shirt that's a little wrinkled? Mm, Yes. What are we talking about? Right. What's... What are we really talking about? What's the real consequence of that? What's the real consequence? If there's no real consequence, remove it from your life. Prune it, baby. Cut that bonsai tree. Get rid of it. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I was having a hard time because I had been programmed. I have to put out daily content. And I was recording like constantly all the time. Sometimes I would put out like 10 to 15 TikToks in a day, which meant like 45 minutes of making content. And I realized like I'm not getting any clients. from. Well, I sat down with my social media manager. I was like, I can't take this anymore. And so we did like we asked each other really hard questions about what if we stop doing this? What could we do instead? What will the result be? And the main result is I feel much better. I feel much more like myself and I still have content going on daily, you know, platforms, but without either one of us having to actively go and do, like we schedule everything. It's so much better. I love it. Yeah. I could never. I If I do two TikToks a week, it's like a, a good week. <laughs> I can't but keep up. It's like, I don't care, though. What is the result? It depends, right? Like, you have to ask, yeah. what is the consequence of me not doing 15 TikTok videos per week or however yeah. many? I was doing so many. It was just like the result has been I I haven't had a drop in clients because I wasn't right. getting that many anyway. Right. And I feel so much better. And when I do make a TikTok, I'm not dreading it. It's actually You're like, oh, this fun. is fun for me again. Yeah. 
when I hit um, 250,000 podcast downloads, people came out of the woodworks, uh, you know, to pitch me various things. And uh, quite a few of them were, if you've got that many, you probably could have four times more that if you did things better, kind of, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> and people are, you know, quote unquote, helpful. And right. I was looking through some of the suggestions and some guy was like, here's five things you could do. And I read through them and I was like, that's too much effort. Right. <laughs> like, why? Could why? my podcast grow faster? Probably. Do so? I care? Right. <laughs> like, I'm really proud of where the podcast is. I'm getting sponsorship. I am getting clients. I'm getting speaking leads. I'm getting everything I need out of my podcast. So I'm 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 okay over here. Right. It's like the idea of like quantity versus quality too, right? Where yeah. like doing more does not mean you're doing better. No, oh, I got to write that down. I'm going to use that later. Write that down now. But I 100% agree. So look through your list. Does this thing need to be done? What would the consequence be if I didn't do it? If there's no real serious consequence, let it go. Be for he. Right? Let it go. Because this is how we get back into alignment. Slowly. We remove things that are not aligned. We're not adding, again, we're back to the subtraction idea. We're not adding in alignment. We're removing things that don't matter. Oh, until yes. what we're left with is feeling like ourselves again, is being aligned again, is being us in there, feeling connected to self. I, I love that. You're like, I'm not going on this journey where I have this list of all these things I need to do to figure out who I am. I'm removing things until I can see clearly who I am and I feel like myself again. What do we get covered by? We get covered by other people's expectations. Mm. We get covered by our assumption of other people's expectations. I call these guest expectations. I love that. They're guest expectations. We don't even know if they're true, but we get covered by those. Right. We get covered by fear of disappointing people. Mm. We get covered by salary increases over time that lead us to think that we need a certain amount. We get covered by shifting roles in the home. That's a big one. Right? Just yeah. mother, father. All of a sudden, you have a whole host of expectations that you just threw all over yourself because of how you grew up. And mm -hmm. then the societal expectations on top of that. And then the work expectations on top of that. All because... You now have a child. Oh, this list is giving me anxiety right now. Yeah, right? this is so true. This is what we do to ourselves. This it's is, not. It's I. We do it to ourselves, sort of. Right. There are outside expectations that play into yeah. it for sure. Yeah, yeah, this isn't just us. And the reason we cover ourselves up with these things is typically because of some patterns and habits that we learned as children. So it's not like I want to move away from this. I believe in self-care for burnout and self-work for burnout and self-improvement for burnout. I also think that 
the systems need shifting and there are people that are focused on doing that. We have some great organizational psychologists around and I work with organizations myself. These are, there are things that need to shift. This is important. I also know that an organization can be doing everything perfectly for 99 people and be totally toxic for the other one. Yes. You're never going to find an organization that's going to work for everybody. It's not possible because we're all different and unique. Yeah. So we have to understand that. I believe burnout is about our relationship and our interactions with the world at large, family, life and work all included. It's not just about your individual experience. It's not just about society's expectations. It's about your individual interaction and relationship with those things. The relationship is the mechanism. Hmm. Not the things you do or the things it, the society as it or the corporation as it does. The interaction is the mechanism. I love how you like shifted into like super passionate mode when you were talking about that. <laughs> it was so cool. Like your posture changed. You were just like fire. You know, I loved it yeah. so much. And I, this is I, important. I think it, it. I can totally see it being important. And it's so difficult to balance everything when you're looking at everything. And I love how your approach is, let's not look at everything all at once. It's like the movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which if you haven't seen, is like mind-blowingly amazing. And it's all about relationships, actually. Um, But we can't, (laughs) we don't have that ability, right? We're not omnidimensional. We have to take things and break them down, like you said, or we just feel overwhelmed. And I think it's important to know that when we look at a lifespan perspective of burnout, so things that happened from the time you were conceived until now, and how that affected your ability to manage stress, we're looking at environment, we're looking at the ecology of your life, we're looking at your genetics and epigenetics, we're looking at your biology, we're looking at your workplace, we're looking at your family, we're looking at your trauma, we're looking at your grades in school, we're, lo- we're looking at everything. Yeah. So when we get to the part where you're actually burnt out, we can't go backwards and unwind some of the stuff that happened. Right. And we can't go in necessarily and tell your work that they need to change and expect it to be different tomorrow. Because that's just not how bigger organisms shift. And I said organisms instead of organizations on purpose. Right. Because it's made up of all the different people inside. And you're right. Like, that's not realistic to be like, I'm burned out today. I'm going to send out this email and my workplace with all of the individual people in it will magically change overnight. Yes. And everything will adjust so that it works for me. Meanwhile, you probably don't really know what does work for you. Right. Through no fault of your own. And all of the things that we're looking at, all of these little pieces are, there's a very specific science word, but I I just say that it's multidirectional. They all affect one another. So you can work on getting a desk pad and a new mug and a better blanket. And that will affect how you show up at work, work, which will affect your relationships with people, which will affect your ability to trust, which will affect 
which will affect, which will affect. You don't have to work on every single thing. Working on one thing affects multitudes of things. I love that. I just realized that even though I did work for you and I have written things for you, this is the most complicated conversation I've had in a while. So... I know, and I want to like it's it's hard it's hard in a in a forum like this to make it easy and small and big and understandable all at the same time. This doesn't have to be complicated. The basic message is keep breaking it down, keep making it smaller. You cannot do all the things at the same time. So give that up right now. Focus on one thing. Do it well, get some support, and see what unfolds. Once you see an unfolding, you can choose the next thing. And focus on that and don't do anything else. One step at a time. One, literally one. And one step might take you months. Right. That's okay. Keep doing it. Well, and the the results are, because I know we are like, we have this instant gratification thing that happens to us. But when you're making changes like this, you're it's taking a long time because it's going to last a long time. When you make those quick changes, they don't last, right? Like I'm going to do the new newest fad diet. I don't believe in diets personally, but yeah. like I don't think they work. But like I'm going to like do like this 30 day challenge where I pump out all this content every single day, and then at the end, you don't feel like I can manage doing this every day. You feel like I just spent a month doing something I hated. Right. And I think also breaking it down into smaller steps allows you to see small wins the whole time. So even though the progress overall might be slow, you see it because you're very focused on the thing that you're doing. Right. So and when you have those small wins, you get a dopamine rush. And when you get a dopamine rush, you continue. So breaking it down into these small things and having the small wins is, is also a way to retrain your neurochemicals. Yes, I was going to say to give your brain happy juice, but your way is much more eloquent. (laughs) I mean, happy juice works. We don't even know how half of it works anyway. So, but it's fun. It's fun. Like I geek out on that too. And I was like, give yourself a quick win. And then I'm like, I need what, what's my quick win for today? Like, how can I have that dopamine encouraging me? Like I'm doing this whole challenge where I fail as much as possible. I'm willing to fail. And but because I'm trying to teach my brain, it's okay. because my perfectionist brain is like, why are you doing all these scary things? And I'm like, I need you to be more supportive brain. So here's some happy juice. (laughs) Well, and it's really interesting that we need small wins that are effortful, not effortless. Yeah. When we have effortless wins, our brain juice reaction is too quick and not as lasting. Right. So small effortful wins over time are more beneficial to your brain chemistry than the quick sugar rush. I love that. All right. So here's my one sentence for you. (laughs) I tried my best. And my internet is being annoying. So for everyone who wrote me earlier, thank you for letting me know. But it's um, I think that they are 
squeezing my internet because I am plugged into an ethernet cable. So thank you for the concern. I'm going to call them and yell at them later. (sighs) But here is the one line for you. And it's, I help people and organizations understand how to break big problems down into small pieces that can be managed and adjusted over time so that you can increase your trust and safety in yourself and others. How did I do? Was it okay? It's pretty great. I still think that I work with organizations to reduce burnout so they can keep top talent is easier. (laughs) Right. But yes, this is what I do. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously you have, you have your messaging down, but I would say that's a good summation of our conversation today. Yes. Yes. Agreed. And the internet people must have heard me because now it's fine. What in the world? (laughs) Well, Kate, thank you so much for being on. I always like to ask this one question in closing. If you could give one um, quick win so we can you know, activate that happy juice in the brain. What's something small that you would tell our listeners that they can start doing right now? Don't be afraid of resentment. Yes. See, so simple. And for anyone who wants to work with you, I think everyone should hire Kate. I'm not quite about that at all. What is the best way for them to reach you? The best way is straight on my website is katedonovan.com. And there you'll find all the different little ways to book, call, whatever it is that you happen to need based on whatever category you need it in. All right. So it's on the screen. It's in all the chats everywhere. Thank you again so much, Kate. This was so fun. And I definitely need to buy one of those mats as soon as we get off this call. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. So fun. All right. Bye, friends. And remember, your business story matters. Thank you for listening to my mom's radical podcast. Cool face emoji. And if you want to be radical like my super awesome mom, then you should totes check out her impact accelerator. You just need to leave a review of this podcast and screenshot that baby and send it to impact at literarysymmetry.com. And like my mama always says, your business story matters. Hey, I don't sound like that. Let's do